Well, apparently, from the looks of outside my window, winter is coming. And it is going to be absolutely fucking cold. Because the last couple of days have been... Uh, just I mean granted the next you know couple of months will include Thanksgiving Christmas and New Year's Eve and my birthday but I just I'm just not a winter guy I mean I was born in the winter but it's cold and I'm just uh... for, for anyone who lives in the Northeast y'all can vibe with me on this one Midwest, you know, anywhere that gets cold. Any for any portion of the year, it's cold. I just had to vent that out real quick. But other than that, welcome to episode one thirty of the Young Lions Perspective. And I only have a couple things to talk about because I know the main event is going to be talking about AEW Dynamite from last night. And there was a lot of good stuff that happened last night for AEW. wasn't their best show, but it was a damn good show. And there's nothing wrong with that. But let's get into the ratings because, as y'all know, I don't really like talking about the ratings, but it's news and news needs to get talked about. So, AEW Dynamite apparently had a very good Fallout show from Full Gear last night. Because Alfred Kanua is saying AEW Dynamite trounces WWE NXT in 7th straight ratings win. AEW Dynamite moved to 7-0 in head-to-head competition with WWE NXT in the Wednesday Night Wars in a battle that was nowhere near as close as last week. AEW garnered 957,000 viewers, up 16% from 822,000 last week. AEW was number five for the night in cable top 150 in the 18 to 49 demographic, coming off its best number since its debut. WWE NXT tumbled all the way down to number 22 for the night among the 18 to 49 demographic while drawing 750,000 viewers. This number is down 8% compared to 813,000 from last week. Last week, WWE NXT viewership closed in on AEW Dynamite in a big way with a razor-thin decision as just 9,000 viewers separated the two shows. Viewership numbers for both shows with WWE NXT surging while AEW fell well below the 1 million viewer threshold it had established in its first four weeks was further evidence of AEW and NXT pulling from the same pool of fans rather than each promotion having its own unique fan base. The same dynamic played out this week. With AEW's viewership surging by 16%, while WWE NXT declined it below 800,000 viewers. Last week's seven-week high for WWE NXT was bolstered by a strong, albeit unadvertised, presence from main roster stars the OC. The broadcast could have cruised to its first victory had WWE made any effort to promote this appearance in advance. Mm-hmm. Bailey became the latest main roster star to visit the WLK. And now we're going to doing spoilers, because I haven't seen NXT yet. For those of you that have, Bailey became the latest member when roster star to visit the NXT roster as she laid out Shayna Baszler in a surprise show closing angle. Of course, the operative word here is surprise, as Bailey's appearance was not advertised either. And I looked at the rankings, I mean the, the ratings, from the last three weeks for each show. 
as of right now, with NXT getting three quarters of a million, they still had a lower viewership than what AEW had last week. Or should I say, a couple weeks ago. That's pretty That's pretty uh, interesting. Because, I mean, it's, it's simple. Fallout from full gear. A lot of people thought it was a good show. Wanted to see what would happen. Of course, MJF's heel turn. And then what we got out of that from last night, that was a damn good show. We'll talk about we'll talk about Jericho MJF when we get there, because we're gonna talk about that. I'll probably take up at least a segment in and of itself with the way I'm gonna talk about it. My goodness, but it's it's really good to see. Taste of water, real quick. It's interesting to see how. It would all play out, especially coming off a pay-per-view that most people had a positive reaction to. With WWE, their Fallout shows are garbage. (laughs) I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it. Like, coming off a big pay-per-view. Decent show. You want to build on that. They don't build on that. AEW, this time around, built on that. Established new rivalries, new feuds... You know, and matches that are very going to be very interesting starting next week. We'll get into all that, promise you. But it's—I was interested to see what the reaction would be to last night's episode of Dynamite. I was really interested because, you know, how would they? pretty much, you know, for get into the next chapter, as I like to call it. You know, done with the pay-per-view, now begins a new chapter in whatever you got going on. How do you build upon the pay-per-view and create go and create the story to get to the next pay-per-view and not skip a beat. So, I mean, it, like I said, it was a it was a good show. It was a damn good show, and I'm happy that we got what we got coming off out of full gear, going into now their next set of shows. I still haven't watched NXT yet, and y'all know that means y'all get that episode tomorrow. So be patient. Kick off your your weekend in style with a little with episode 131 of the podcast. But until then. All right, let's get into this ACH thing. I was talking with a couple of uh, people from work, Malik and Russell, and we brought up the ACH issue. I know we had talked about this before, but let's just get into the article. From therap.com. Wrestler Super ACH, formerly Jordan Miles, says he fucking quit WWE. I refuse to work for racists. Ex-NXT superstar called out her wrestling company last month over what he believed to be a Sambo-style t-shirt design. Her wrestler, Super ACH, formerly Jordan Miles of WWE, says he has quit the company. ACH are his real initials standing for Apple Christian Hardy Jr. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, quote, as of today, 
I'd like to officially announce that I quit fucking WWE. End quote. Hardy said in a Twitter live video on Wednesday, quote, I am no longer an employee. I refuse to work for racists. End quote. Typically, technically, wrestlers signed with WWE are not employees. They are independent contractors. And then, now I've seen the video, so if you haven't seen the video, you might not want to listen to this if you want to watch it. But he basically says, quote, I fucking quit. Fuck them. I hate that fucking company and everything they fucking stand for. All they did was ever hold our fucking people back. I do this shit for the culture. I don't need anyone's fucking permission to do what I want to do, end quote. Then he continues on, quote, screw Jordan Miles. Don't ever call me by that slave name. Call me ACH and don't forget the super bitch. I, I quit. Fuck you, end quote. Yeah. Yeah, that's the gist of it. <laughs> that's pretty fucking much the gist of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much, you know, what's going on with that. ACH is done with WWE. Now, myself and Malik, we, had a, we were going back and forth with it. And I think we're pretty much both on the same page. With the t-shirt, it was all good. You know, he didn't like the design. He wanted to do something else. We'll never know the actual real story. Possibly that. But once he got into the whole going, you know, talking shit about Ring of Honor and then Jay Lethal, you know, calling him an Uncle Tom. Yeah, you apologized for it. You know, if you had just kept it about the t-shirt, I don't think it, this would be as crazy as it is. But seriously, calling Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom. You know, and talking more shit about, you know, never really giving myself Cedric Alexander guys like us a chance while you just dangling the carrot in front of us that's some harsh shit and I was also hearing uh, you know hearing about you know his mental health and we'll get into all that I mean, just, I mean, it, it just, all of this came out of nowhere. I just, mm. I mean, it could be mental health. It could be something going on with him that's causing him to thinking the way he does I mean if it's just about the t-shirt if this was strictly just about the t-shirt this would have been a little much you know quitting over a t-shirt if it was strictly just the t-shirt issue this would be a little bit too much in terms of everything else 
that at, that he said along with it. That that's unacceptable. You know, if you know the ROH Uncle Tom portion of the program. So, ACH is gone from WWE. And if you know, like here's my thing with with ACH. He had just come off of winning the NXT Breakout Tournament and having a banger of a match with Adam Cole for the NXT Championship just like a month or so ago. If there was a way that he could have just, you know, went to WWE and said, hey, I, like, he put it out there. But he could have gone about it in a more civil manner. You know, he's like, hey, I really, I'm, I'm not feeling this t-shirt. Is there any way we could, you know, change the side of this? You know, I, and because of my beliefs. And, I, and don't get me wrong. Credit to him for standing up for what he believes in. I'll give him that. Do, you know, stand up for what you believe in at all times. No matter, no, this is real shit. Real life lessons from no one's perspective. Stay, always stand up for what you believe in, even if you know it's fucking wrong. Even if it come, turns out to be wrong. At least you stand up for that shit. Stand up for that. I give I give ACH credit for that. He, he's standing up for what he believes in. Kudos to you. It's just all this is everything else that come, that came along with it. That's the that's the only you know the ring of honor on the top part. So we don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, it all depends on what WWE does. If WWE just wants to you know get rid of his contract, or if they you know, nothing's really been said from WWE yet. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what's going on with that. We'll have to wait and see because WWE really hasn't put out anything to say that he has been released. You know all this shit. For all we know, the man can just chill at the crib on his couch playing video games. Excuse me. He can sit out the rest of his contract just chilling until he's done they could go that route but I don't think Triple H would do that I mean this is Triple H's portion of the program I think Triple H Triple H would probably be along the lines of you know I don't know what actually I, I can't I can't know what he's thinking I honestly wouldn't know what he's thinking but I, you know hopefully in the next couple of days or so we hear a statement from Triple H or Triple H or Vince McMahon or someone talking about this, getting down to it and seeing what they what the situation is gonna be, what's gonna be the end result for this. I mean, he said he quit. I mean, hopefully it's just a uh, amicable split. You know, you know, not one side is, you know. ACH wants to leave. This is how I see it. ACH says he wants to go. Go. If you feel you don't want to be here, don't think of it in that light. Because I know some of y'all y'all hear that and you say, "Oh, no, no." If you want to go, go. You know, I mean, I wish we could have worked it out a little bit better. But if you feel you must need to go, go. Hopefully, we see each other down the road. See what happens. But maybe they make him sit at home. I mean, we were talking, we were joking about it. You know, maybe they just make him sit at home at the crib and just collect a check. You know, not doing what you need, doing what you love to do. 
Who knows what will happen? Hopefully we hear something from the WWE side. Hopefully from Triple H, something along those lines. It would be it would be nice to hear from Triple H more so than anyone else. We'll see what happens. And I know I was gonna do two. And yeah, I'm gonna keep it at two because I'm not even gonna talk about the CM Punk stuff. Glad to see he's on back, be back on television. That's always good. Um, everyone's bitching about always oh, always oh, going back to WWE. He's just he's just doing a show, man. Just let let him do let him do him. Let CM Punk do CM Punk shit. If it happens and he comes back to WWE, cool. If he just continues to do just television, even better. <laughs> Maybe not even better, but cool nonetheless. That's fine. He shocked a lot of people with that. Kudos to the kid. You know, congratulations on getting the gig. I may not watch it. Maybe you know, unless I show highlights on Twitter or you know, put them on YouTube or something like that. But you know, it's nice to see CM Punk back on television. In a, in, in, in a you know, if it, even if it's a different capacity. Congratulations, CM Punk, on the gig. Now, can we get AJ back? Anyway, this is episode 130 of, of the Young Lions Perspective. And with that being said, I almost fucked up that line there. Let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Conditions Podcast here. Welcome to episode 130 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Thursday evening, a couple hours away from the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cleveland Browns. Going up on Thursday Night Football, I will be giving my prediction at the end of the show. As always, as I've done for the past couple months now. But we need to talk about AEW Dynamite from last night. And I'm going to take a sip of water real quick because... I'm going to be doing a lot of talking. This episode. This episode of AEW Dynamite clearly exceeded my expectations for a Fallout show. AEW Full Gear was a good show. I gave it a B. That was the first time I actually remembered what grade I gave to a paper. I gave it a B. You know, it could have been better. Don't get me wrong. But from what I saw, I enjoyed it. And it was damn good. What happened on last night's episode, what happened on last night's episode was pretty damn good. And that I can appreciate. For real. They really they began new feuds, and they continued those that came out of Full Gear. It was just, oh man. Like I said, I was thoroughly impressed with how AEW actually gave us a Fallout show from their pay-per-view and somehow continue on 
What storyline progression? Who would have thought? Honestly, who would have fucking thought? But anyway, let's get into what I loved about AEW Dynamite last night. Let's start off from the top and make our way down to the main event. Kenny Omega, after his war with John Moxley, still cut up and banged from the vicious, you know, unsanctioned match with John Moxley. Mind you, this is all from the chairshot.com, by the way, what I'm reading off of. You know, he had, you know, they were playing back the match as he was going to the trainer. You know, the mouse traps, the broken glass, the barbed wire. Had a black eye from the, uh, the, you know, the Phoenix Flash he was trying to hit, but missed it and landed face first into fucking hardwood, which, God, oh my God, oh, damn. You know, they go through, he takes off his shirt, you know, doctor asks how he's doing, how they, how's the back's feeling, you know, he's feeling good, he feels like he's getting better, you know, so when am I able to compete? Doctor tells him, not this week. Take the week off, come back next week. He then asked how Moxley do. You know, Doctor tells him he was beat up too, but he made got he was managed to be cleared. They cleared him. So Omega is pissed though. The fact that AEW Medical didn't clear him, but they cleared Moxley. Already, four days after, clear to go. You know, he keeps his cool, walks out of the room, Michael Nakazawa and Rio are right there. And we then started off the night with John Moxley going against up against Michael Nakazawa. You know, Nakazawa was pissed. And, you know, he wanted to fight for the honor of his friend. Commendable. You know, they already had them uh both guys in the ring. Nakazawa has the bottle of body oil and he just throws the bottle away. That's when he had that face just like, I don't, I'm not going to need this shit. I'm going to try to kick, I'm going to kick your ass. He was in that mode. Of course, he lost. <laughs> Got beat up in a couple of minutes. But uh, it was it was really nice to see Nakazawa fight for his friend. You know, making it a little bit more serious with, you know, not even using the body oil because he's he's more of a comedy guy than he is a we can give this guy a shot at a mid-card title kind of guy, you know what I mean? But, you know, he has friends with Omega. He wanted to fight for his friend. That's commendable. And then he threw away the body oil, which meant, yeah, I'm not playing around. So for that, that I, I mean, points for that. Um, Moxley, of course, gets on the mic. You know, first thing he said out of his mouth. That one counts, right? <laughs> I thought it was funny as shit. You know, he told he told he tells us, you know, what he thought what was gonna happen at full gear, and he delivered as advertised. Kenny Omega will never be the same again. Moxley wants to know, want, Moxley wants Omega to know he is one radical son of a bitch. And their personal differences aside, you know, he says he does respect Omega. You know, he had the balls to know that no one else in AEW has the... What the fuck? 
Omega had the balls, no one else in AEW had. Okay. Anyway, you know, saying he has the balls to go in the ring and face me like this. You know, no one in the locker room will ever have the balls to step up to me. They can, no one can run and hide forever. I'm going to scorch the earth and break one leg at a time until I am the last man standing. So, at this point, you know, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the whole vibe of what he's got going on here. He just wants to scorch the earth. He just wants to fuck shit up. But he continues on saying, however long it takes, if there's anyone in AEW that wants to test themselves and confront their own morality, let me know. Anyone listening right now, say the word and, mox, and I will let them know where they are on the food chain. Just do me a favor. If you're going to step in the ring with me, kiss your loved ones goodbye and have an ambulance and standby. <laughs> and no matter what, don't ask me for an apology. So Moxley just lays out an open challenge like it's nothing just because it's Wednesday. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that. That was... That was what you were supposed to do. You know, showing love to your opponent, showing respect to your opponent, you know, going through one hell of a battle. And he just wants to scorch, he just wants to fuck shit up. That's all I got out of that, and I'm perfectly fine with it. That's all he wants to do, is fuck shit up and keep it moving. I enjoy that. Now, I mean, that was really damn good. You know, Moxley now beat pretty much one of the best people on the planet best wrestlers on the planet no, that's that's pretty much some, uh, really something to hang your hat on for real not even mad at that not one bit what I'm also not mad at is the return of Luchasaurus <sighs> it's nice the whole Jurassic Express finally back together you know of course Stunt and Jungle Boy did lose last night to the Dark Order, you know, offering Stunt the opportunity to join the Dark Order and wear that bullshit-ass mask, and Jungle Boy was to have none of that, had the, well, I think it's called the Creepers, or some shit, I don't know, you know, has his boys go after him, beat him down, out comes Luchasaurus, crowd in Nashville went fucking completely ape shit, and as did I, and yeah proceeded to destroy all the creepers you know hit three of them with, uh, with a kick beat the shit out of Stu Grayson and Uva Luna was already bounced out the ring I enjoy this shit I fucking love Luchasaurus and I love the Jurassic Express I love I love the three I love the three of them I really do they're a great tag team and I still hold on to the belief that they honestly, had the Luchasaurus injury not occurred, if that's the case, I think right now they would be the AEW World Tag Team Champions. I did say the winner of the Lucha Bros Jurassic Express match was going to be in the final. Called that one pretty easily. You know. But I think Jurassic Express may have definitely had something, you know, before Luchasaurus got injured. And now that he's back in the swing of things with Stunt and Jungle Boy, this is going to get fun. I hope they do have a little feud with the Dark Order as they, you know, begin their ascent towards, you know, gunning for the Tag Team Championships. Because it definitely would be nice to see them with the belts. Not going to lie with you. 
but you know, I I only want I really want to see Dark Order versus you know Jurassic Express. More 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 importantly, because of Evil Uno versus Luchasaurus. You know, I want to see y'all know here on this podcast we respect two two big boys going to battle. We do more than anything here on on this side of the professional wrestling podcast spectrum I would love to see it maybe you might I do I think this I I think this this feud has legs you know because you got to start building your tag team division you got to build new contenders and we'll get to the women's division stuff in a, in a little bit but it's really nice to see Luchasaurus back in the fold I love Luchasaurus I'm a big fan of his ever since he came into AEW. Darby Allen answers the call. Next week, we're getting Darby Allen. <laughs> we're gonna get Darby Allen versus John Moxley. Are you are you are you like are you fucking you trying to like really you really trying to make me rearrange my top ten match of the year list, aren't you, AEW? Because at this point in the game, in terms of top ten, I'm starting to really formulate my ten. Getting close to the end of the year, you know, top ten lists are going to be fucking popping up left, right, and center. I'm trying to get mine popping out, and my honorable mentions on top of that. That's gonna be even more fun. But when you when you tell me you're gonna get Darby Allen versus John Moxley one on one next week, I ain't got nowhere to fucking be at eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. I will just I will sit on the couch, turn on AEW, and I hope and hoping and praying more than likely it's gonna fail that Allen Moxley go one on one to open up the show. Because with the way they've been pushing Darby Allen as of late, and you know, with the matches he has had, I mean, he did face Jericho for the world title about four weeks ago. That's not bad. Allen Moxley is gonna fucking tear the goddamn roof off of the damn building. Not even gonna lie. Yeah, I'm just trying to visualize how this would go, because I know it's I know it's not gonna be a no disqualification match off rip. I know I know that for a fact. But this this is gonna be a battle. I mean, like I said, they're pu- they are pushing Darby Allen slowly but surely. They're pushing Darby Allen. They wouldn't be putting Allen in this position if they think he couldn't handle it. Like I said, think of the matches he's had since Double or Nothing. Cody, the Cracker Barrel <laughs> challenge, you know, that triple threat with Janela and uh, Havoc. He was bananas in that. Beating Jimmy Havoc to become the number one contender for the AEW World Championship and then facing Jericho the next week in a good match. And now he gets Moxley. 
mean, think about it. You've got Cody, you face Cody, you face Jericho, and now you're gonna face Moxley. Three of the top guys in AEW. I say that's not bad. I say that's pretty damn good. And I know I'm more than likely Moxley will defeat Allen, but Allen will definitely put on another damn good performance. I mean, you got to think about it. AEW knows what they're doing, man. AEW knows what they're doing with this shit. I'm not even going to worry about the diamond, Dynamite Dozen. That's just... I don't care. We'll get, we'll get to that in the next segment. But what I want to talk about is the women's division. We spoke about it a little bit on the good, the bad, and the ugly that was... AEW Full Gear. We spoke about this last week on AEW Dynamite Love Hate. And we're going to talk about it again because at least what they gave us last night was an improvement. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at MJF shit because I I almost want to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it just yet. We're going to talk about the women's division. At least now, and this is kind of a cool thing that I liked. They had Allie on with Tony Schiavone. And, you know, saying, you know, Allie is number four, going with the babyface spot. So happy. So happy to be here in Nashville. You know, going from AEW dark matches to now being on Dynamite. Not bad. I think that's a cool way to actually get new talent in AEW Dark and think they're ready for the spotlight. Bang. Move them up to television time. Instead of being on YouTube. That's not that's not a bad way to do it. And that's kind of the NXT to WWE type deal. Same thing, but now since NXT, and I was doing this in air quotes, is now their own brand. Um yeah, it's kind of the same concept, but now you're going from how it actually used to be in the business. You're going from dark matches, you know, making your way up, doing good matches. If, you, if they think you're good, they'll put you on, they'll give you some TV time. See how you perform there and then progress from there. So it's that's, that's a nice little detail um, with the rankings and with the talent that they have on AEW Dark. You know, AEW Alley was getting some buzz. Let's see how she does on primetime. But before Homegirl could have her fun with that, out come Awesome Kong and Brandy Rhodes. And of course, Brandy still has problems with Allie. They got beef. And what we saw from last week to now, now, and I was saying, you know, what's the next move going to be for Brandy Rhodes? That's the next move for Brandy Rhodes and Awesome Kong. So they pretty much, you know, Ali goes after Awesome Kong. They fight. Mongolian chop. You know, spinning back fist. You know, laser out. Takes a, takes a lock of hair from like the hair extension. Um, and then she took another another trophy. But 
thing was, as good as that bit was, we did have Nyla, we have Nyla Rose, who actually had a match earlier in, before the segment. Now, of course, she's coming back for the first time, actually since their debut episode six weeks ago. You know, leaving out, you know. But the fact, you know, what kind of turned me off to it, and I'll get more into it in the hate, because I was just like, oh. You know, they had the Nyla match, and then after that, you had Awesome Kong return. I'll get more into that in terms of why that negates Nyla. It's part of the women's division, so there you go. But yeah, that's you know, a little foreshadowing into NX, you know, AEW Dynamite Love and Hate. Dynamite doesn't. We'll talk about in the hate section. That was weird. Finally, thing. And whew, do, I, do I even want to talk about anything else other than the MJS stuff after this? Yeah, I got a few more things. Okay. Well, let's get into a few more things before we get into the MJF shit. Because, oh boy. Let's see. I'm glad Pac won the rubber match. Not even mad at that. Completely forgot they were 1 1. Completely forgot. Scope, like I said, completely forgot this was the second. This was the third. They had the rubber match. I'm just like, wait. That was their second. So now it honestly makes sense as to why Hangman beat Pac to get his win back from Pac. So, not bad. I'm glad Pac won, though. I really am. I'm glad he took this feud 2-1. Maybe that makes him a top contender for the AEW World Championship. Who knows? We'll see. You know, but, you know, it's definitely, you know, time for Pac to get some shine. We'll see what happens with Pac going forward. But I'm glad he did win this feud. The Brawl. This was fucking wild. It was one of those like unexpected portions of the program. I wasn't expecting the Brawl to happen. It just happened. Like, literally. Let's see here. Yeah, right, immediately right after the Pac, uh, Hangman Page match, they immediately went, went right into a brawl. You know, Ortiz went through a table. Santana climbed up on a forklift and leaped onto everybody. It, it was a wild brawl. It was a very wild, long brawl. But it was a good brawl. It was not like one of those weak-ass, bullshit, pull-away, you know, battles or brawls, if you want to call it that. I'm doing air quotes for a reason. But, yeah, absolutely not. This was a fun brawl to watch. The Orange Cassidy bit had me laughing my ass off. And the motherfucker, y'all motherfuckers on Twitter are quick with shit. Y'all are quick with the with the gifs. Seriously. I'll be for real. Like, I just saw the Orange Cassidy bit happen. 
Five minutes later, bam. It's a, it's a GIF on Twitter. Man, y'all, damn, y'all too quick. The brawl was fantastic. And what was the best part about it is that the private party came out. Right out of nowhere. You know. And because and, they had the, uh, the sock with the baseballs in it. Um, heavy gut shots to uh, Matt and Nick. Santana goes after the leg that was injured during full gear. Gets the sock now. Starts putting uh, the leg to the grunt for the girders. Santana starts smacking away on uh, Nick with the, the blackjack sock. Go after Matt. Drag Matt. They did the same thing to uh, Ricky Morton. Uh, putting him through the uh, stage. Double power, power bomb through that. Brandon Cutler appears. That was weird. Um, saves Nick from the same fate as Matt. You know, they go after Brandon. And then the private party showed up. Standing up for the Bucks. And they had a new way. They had mad security for this shit. Motherfuckers was getting wrecked in this. Um, the reason I do love this is because of the fact that um, it, for those of y'all who know House of Glory Wrestling, which is a independent wrestling company based out in New York, they've had some good motherfuckers come out of HOG. Like names like uh, see, Violet, Sonya Strong, uh, the Young Bucks were the first ever H -O, uh, HOG World Tag Team Champions. Uh, the Lucha Bros have gone through there. Santana Ortiz have gone through there. Names like Ken Broadway, Anthony Gangone, Amazing Red, who was the head trainer of um, House of Glory. And I think he retired from the game hat and then came back to Japan. Did some dope-ass shit over in the Super Best of Super Juniors. That fire match with Osprey. Uh, I would think that was a tag match, but that was still fire. And is owned majority owned by Master P. Yes, make him say "oh na 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 na," dude. Is a majority owner of House of Glory Wrestling. I should you not look it up. Google it, bitch. Google it. Yeah. It, it was, it was, and the reason it means so much, because all three teams that were involved in this whole brawl situation, all three of them went through House of Glory. And unfortunately, one of their own unfortunately passed away due to a hit and run. Matt Travis. Um, one of the, you know, their bigger name guys from House of Glory, I believe died on Friday to a hit and run while he, while he was riding his bike. I actually grew a liking to Matt Travis. Of course, you know, he had Dipset music, so it's all, you know, it's always good when you have the Diplomats, you know, as your theme song and shit going out to the ring. Nothing wrong with a little bit of Jewels and Cam in your life. Listen to it. It feels good. But. Again, like I said, it's very unfortunate that all, you know, that, you know, he did, his passing was, oh my goodness. 
it, it shocked HOG, of course. And now I believe their pay per view is that, uh, their next big show is this Saturday. So they're dedicating the show to Matt Travis for sure. And all three of them, you know, I'm sure were at least I would say more so the private party. Um, felt it depth at the big time. I guess Santino Ortiz went through it. Um, I believe they had a match with them. I was like, sure. Like I said, it's nice to see that, you know, AEW was even, you know, cool, uh, you know, with the fact that they honored that. You know, uh, you know, bringing up House of Glory and, you know, bigging up Matthew Travis and his death not picking him up, that, that sounded wrong, you know, letting people know about his death, he, and all, you know, talking about House of Glory, that was a really nice touch, that was really nice of them to actually, you know, acknowledge what had happened, and how all three members, all three teams went through the HOG, and, you know, sending out their condolences, as do I, my condolences do are, go out to the family of Matthew Travis, I'm sure he had a lot of big things ahead for him. It's unfortunate that his passing happened in this circumstance. And I know I know House of Glory is gonna kill it on Saturday for him. As they would as people they would expect him to think, you know, expect them to do that. But and now next week we have Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party, and Private Party is actually dedicating this their match to Matthew Travis. Those in House of Glory wrestling to the talent, keep your head up, stay strong. I'm sure Matt would want that for y'all. Make Saturday night a night to remember for not only the HOG faithful, but to honor the life of Matthew Travis at the same time. You know, it's unfortunate that it happened, but you know, I'm sure he would want the show to go on and have y'all kill it and just go balls to the wall on Saturday night. I mean, that was that was a really nice acknowledgement by AEW, and that, for that, I truly do respect that. Scorpio Sky being the one to pin Chris Jericho. He's the first ever person to pin Jericho since he's been in AEW. Now, that will give him a 0-1 record on tag teams, but will keep him undefeated in singles competition. I was shocked. I was really, really shocked that Scorpio Sky got the pin. And, of course, the tag match itself, we'll talk about on the Hatebird portion of the program as well. But, yeah, just a lot of couple weird things. But it was really interesting to see Scorpio Sky be the one to be the first ever person to pin Jericho. I'm not sure what it will exactly it leads to going forward. You know, I'm sure a match will be involved because he had a little tan because Jericho had a little tantrum after the match after he got rolled up. So that's gonna be maybe he wants a little retribution. Who knows? We'll see what happens with that. But it was really, really interesting to, to see. Sky be the one to get the pin on Jericho. Now that we got the few little things out of the way, we talk about MJF. 
Chris Jericho, and Cody. The re I mean, I'm glad that they did do this promo immediately after Full Gear because they want to know why. Why did MJF turn on his so-called mentor? Why? Because and I'm, and I, I know I don't like compare. I mean, I'm going to compare WWE, uh, you know, NXT, AEW, all that. But most times when you were watching WWE, they have their heels pretty much say, I don't need to give you a reason as to why. Preferably, I would like to know why. I'm just that kind of person. I'm kind of, I'm curious. You know? What were your, what was your thought process going on in that exact moment? You know, as weird as that does sound, that is kind of how my brain works. When something is done in professional wrestling, the why, the action is, of course, the shock value. But it's the why that matters the most. That why could either make the character even better as to, in terms of a heel turn, in terms of why they did what they did, or it could literally go to complete and utter dog shit. In this case with MJF, it works. It does work. And the way he explained it just fantastic but let's of course start from the beginning Jericho does come out grabs the microphone says quote much to the chagrin of to everybody here in Nashville Chris Jericho is still le champion and once again I prove what I say I am the greatest of all time that's why I will always say it I demand a thank you from every single member of the AEW roster the back office, the front office, the side office. I want my thank you, because that's what he's all—that's all he's wanted, from, you know, from day one. Once he became AEW World Champion, he just wanted to thank you. Of course, when we say it, he just you know talks shit. Our bad, because he doesn't care about the you know the jackasses from Nashville getting his usual heat. He says I've beaten everyone put in my way, basically the entire elite. I told you so. That Cody is nothing more than an entitled millennial son of a bitch. You know, fans start chaining for Cody, lights go down. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. Oh, the trolling. The absolute trolling. Oh my god. In terms of professional wrestling trolling, if there was an award for this, I would literally consider this the troll moment of 2019. In professional wrestling. Maxwell Jacob Freeman came out to Cody's entrance. Spectacle and all. The opening intro before the song hits, the smoke. Out comes MJF. Are you fucking kidding me? I am laughing my ass off. I'm, I'm literally just laying on the couch laughing. Trying, like covering my face so much because I'm laughing. My cheeks hurt. I this is it's so MJF, it's not even funny. He's soaking it all in. 
you know, they're chanting asshole. And then he grabs the mic, tells Christopher that he has to get, I have to get something off my chest first. And then, and then of course, being a prick, you don't like me much, do you? Are you upset about the towel? What you don't understand is your favorite wrestler's career would be done. And yet I'm the villain? You were cheering the real villain the whole time. And that I'm talking about Cody. Cody's a stand-up guy. I love me some Cody Rhodes. Oh, do you? Do you love Cody? Well, guess what? I Cody couldn't give less of a shit about any of you. The real Cody only cares about Cody. You don't believe me, but I, only one man knows the real Cody, and that's me. The real Cody is a liar. The real Cody is a user and abuser. The real Cody saw a bright young talent out of New York and saw someone he could make into a puppet. That sociopath, Cody, gave that kid an offer to be a mentor. Of course, fans calling P.S. booing their asses off. But that's what BS, that's what actually BS is that Cody ever claimed he cared about me. He only wanted me not under his wing, but under his thumb. Guess what, Blondie? Your thumb ain't big enough to hold me down. So it doesn't matter if you like it or not. I am the new face of AEW. Because Cody Rhodes, I'm better than you. And you know it. If it was just the promo alone, I mean, goddamn. I'm sure Jericho was listening to this. He was probably impressed. A little bit, you know. And then he goes to Christopher. Tells him, I'm actually a fan. The Mount Rushmore wrestling would have Jericho as like the third or fourth end. But the word is, you want me in your inner circle. <laughs> and then Chris Jericho comes out of the room, you know, interesting timing bringing that up, Maxwell. I heard that it's actually you who wants to join the inner circle. Then they have the back and forth. Mind you, the entire time for the most part, I am just straight out laughing. Laughing. Oh my god. Oh, oh, it was a great, it was a laugh fest. You know, and then they're going back and forth. They're trying to argue their perspective. MJF breaking the loop. He says, listen here, crisscross applesauce. As much as you want me to join up the inner circle jerks. Sorry, sorry. 40 and slip perhaps. All respect to Le Champion. I heard about how you like a little bit of the bubbly. And I'm starting to think that, just like these inbred white trash redneck hicks, you drink too much. To think me, the fastest and youngest and fastest rising rising star in the history of professional wrestling, needs you? Just seems a little odd. Then Chris Jericho. Oh my God, Maxwell. She sells seashells down by the seashore. That you might want to be like me. Think about it. Both from Long Island. Both have three-letter nicknames. We love scarves, we have great sense of humor, and are crushingly handsome. It's like you got horny. <laughs> it's like your mom and dad. 
got horny watching me beat down Hooven Two Guerrero 25 years ago on a WCW Saturday night, and then nine months later, your little twerp ass popped out. <laughs> and then we got a Hoovy chant right after that. MGF had to ask, who the hell is Hoovy? And Jericho tells him to Google. Oh, man. He says, the point is, though, I understand why you want to be in the inner circle. Being in the same ring with me puts someone on a different level. So do you want in or not? And then they go continue with the back and forth. Jericho breaking the loop this time around. Jericho asks him one more time, do you want to be in the inner circle? And then, of course, MJF being the dick he is, so it depends. Do you want me in the inner circle? You know what? Do you know who the biggest jackass in AEW is? Oh, I know who the biggest jackass in AEW is. Yeah, who is it? Cody Rhodes. So they hug it out, finding common ground, at least on that aspect. But out comes Cody. QT Marshall, all the producers telling him not to do this. He's not clear, nowhere near clear. Goes into the ring anyway, ducking Jericho. Goes to MJF, punching Jericho. Rebounding off the ropes. Goes for the spinning power slam. Now, the save of the segment was, I believe Jay Excalibur said it, you know, his equilibrium is messed up due to the whole, uh, I'm going to put my face first into the ramp when I'm facing um, Jericho for the world title. Bleeding this shit. Uh, big stitches. Yeah, my shit was weird. But, um, the fuck? Anyway. So, gets Jericho... Spinning Power Sam didn't work. He ditches Jericho, goes and hits an uppercut, the Rhodes uppercut on MJF. Jericho gets up. He finally hits the Power Slam. And we get finally get the debut of Wardlow. For those of you who don't know, I believe it was either at Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fall when they actually had the promo for Wardlow. And it didn't have one right after that. They only had that one, just one, that I know of for Wardlow. Comes out, beats the hell, holy hell out of uh, Cody you know hits the Death Valley Slam tells Warlow to break him uses the t- he did the same move that I believe Moxley got hit with no Omega did at um full gear with the chain the chain link dear god and hanging Cody on the ropes shouting that I'm the best and you still need someone else to be you know he's the best MJF leaving with Wardlow and that's how they ended that segment. Now, mind you, again, the why is what mattered with MJF. He killed it with the why. He killed it with that promo. He went toe-to-toe with Chris Jericho and nailed it. Fucking nailed it. He's like, what, 23? And he's already acting like he's a straight-up veteran. MJF is going to be a big fucking deal in AEW. No question about it. And going from turning on Cody to having a segment with Jericho, doing what he did and absolutely nailing it, having people on social media believe he's part of the inner circle when in our actuality he is not, it has had a moment of, you know, a stepbrother's moment. You want to do Kung Fu in the garage? Yup. You know, show each other their favorite stuff. The Katana Blade, Night Vision Goggles. You know, that kind of moment. MJF is never going to join the Inner Circle. 
And if he does, he, the only reason he would do it was infiltrating for Cody. But he had to do what he had to do in order to make it seem like he was really turning on him. If you can, if you can buy that one, I probably have a beach as an idol to sell you. Just putting it out there. But everything that surrounded that moment, everything that surrounded those, I'd say, what, 20, 25 minutes? Everything in that moment, those 20 minutes for MJF and with Jericho and Cody. And I just dropped my bottle. And then I have to stop my dog from scratching her ear because she messed up her blood vessels a little bit. And that was your obligatory Marley moment of the show as I was closing on this segment. But with everything that AEW did last night, they absolutely killed it with this MJF promo the most. Excuse me. They destroyed it. And it was it was perfectly well done. Everything they did was just on point, hit hard. MJF was MJF. Jericho killed it with that. The back and forth between them was just... They'll be talking about this promo for a while. But now we know now we know why MJF did what he did with Cody. He didn't want to be under his thumb. It was inevitable. Truly inevitable. Of course, people still worry about, you know, was it too soon for MJF to turn on Cody? Was it, you know, was it the right time? After what we saw last night, I think it's the right they actually made the right decision to turn MJF on Cody. After what we saw last night, that was that was that would probably be the highlight of the at least the month with two weeks to go. They they've really got something with this. I don't know how long until their next pay per view, but they can really ride this out because now you have that thought of is MJF and Chris Jericho a thing? Are they in the inner circle? You know. Or, you know, who's this Wardlow cat? You know, why, you know, how is he cool with MJF? You know, and, and that, that is going to be, that in and of itself was, that's intertwining shit. You know, how Cody still, you know, you know, with the whole situation with what happened with MJF throwing in the towel on Cody and Jericho. That's a whole, there's so many layers of this, in this whole thing between the three of them that they are, I hope they can capitalize on this. Because not only does this have legs, this has long-term story factor. Kind of legs. This could really, this could be a top storyline for months. And think about it. You have a young talent in MJF. One of literally the fastest rising stars in professional wrestling. Let that, let's not get that twisted. A veteran, the world champion of AEW and Chris Jericho and Cody. That right there, that triumvirate, look it up. That triumvirate, a talent. At that very moment, man, 
It's, I hope they can turn this into a wild ride. This can go for at least three, four months. Maybe even longer. Because we don't know how long Jericho's going to be champion. We don't know. I mean, me personally, of course, I want him to have this for at least, at least eight months. Minimum six. Ride it out through the winter. Get through the spring. Maybe, you know, hold it at least till the summer. Maybe double or nothing, depending on, you know, if they're going to have a big four. Oh, okay. And really make this into a big fucking deal. Because this, this could be, I mean, you already have Cody MJF. In line already. That's going to be a, that's going to be a matchup. The possibility of MJF Jericho is, a, it, it's there. It's there. If they have, if they easily go long term with this, MJF could easily get it. Probably have the best six month period of his career. Because I know for a fact he will benefit from the most from this. That promo, everyone's talking about it. No, that back and forth with Jericho, yeah, that's a big fucking deal. That oh my, this this was a really damn good show. But of course, we gotta talk about with the good comes the bad. So. That was what I loved about AEW Dynamite from last night. We're going to take a short break, listen from our sponsor, and we're going to get back into episode 130 of The Young Lions Perspective when I talk about what I hated about AEW Dynamite. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to episode 130 of the Young Lions Perspective. Now, of course, a damn good show, even though it was a damn good show, still had its weak spots. It really did. I mean, like I said, this, this, this was a very good show, a very good fallout show. For AEW Dynamite coming off of full gear. But there are just a couple things I kind of want to get off my chest. Nyla Rose had a match, of course, with you know her comeback, her first match in six weeks. Going up against Danny Jordan, enhancement talent. Destroys her pretty easily. You know, has her whole spiel. They do a medical update on Dustin Rhodes. And I'll get to the Dynamite Dozen in a second and why I just think it's a dumb thing. We don't need that shit. But immediately right after the Dustin Rhodes medical update and the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal, they immediately go right into Alley. Which is cool. Like I said, I like, you know, that. And then, of course, Brandy Rhodes came out with Awesome Kong. And I hate to say it, but they the, the whole thing with Brandy and Awesome Kong and Allie really superseded Nyla Rose's return to AEW. 
I mean, a good majority, I'm sure most people will think, you know, now the Rose has come back, cool, I like that. But having that, that women, that women segment come out right after Nyla Rose's return, kind of, you know, made Nyla Rose's return very minuscule. And and y'all know I'm gonna keep it a buck with y'all, but and that's how I see it. They really diminished Nyla Rose's return here. What I really would have liked to see after that with Nyla, an, an interview possibly from you know a Chris Van Vliet or Jen Decker. Or Tony Schiavone, you know, what are your intentions, especially coming off of a championship loss to Rio? Have her do, have her cut a promo with that, boom, done. At least it would have gotten a bit more impact. It really would have. I think it would have definitely gotten a bit more impact had they had her announce her intentions coming off that loss to Rio. But immediately having Awesome Kong and Brady Rhodes right after. Sorry, I had to get some water in my system. The only time that was that would be a, a situation, you know. That I mean, it, like I said, it diminished everything. For now, I guess it's a cool thing to see. You know, now I look back in the in the swing of things. It's good. You know, we'll see what happens with her going forward. But now, Brandy Rhodes. Awesome Kong versus Allie is going to be the more interesting storyline than Nyla Rose. Just, just how I see it. Hopefully they give Nyla Rose some build. You know, the potential Rose-Kong match is still there if they want to go that route. You know, there's plenty of talent in the AEW Women's Division for Nyla Rose to face, at least to have a feud with. You know, you have Big Swole, Mercedes Martinez, Sadie Gibbs. Did I just say Mercedes? Mercedes Martinez, my bad. You know, Sadie Gibbs. You have, you know, Hikaru Shida, Hikaru Shida, Shanna, Emi Sakura. All, you have all this talent. Make one her first victim, or at least the one she was going to go after first. I don't know. I mean, I mean that kind of really took away from what they were trying to do with this. Why the fuck do we need a dynamite dozen battle royal? Why? Why? Truthfully, what? Come on, Marley. Good girl. Yeah, you like sitting next to me when I record, huh? Yeah, you do. And you get two obligatory Marley moments in the show. Who would have thought? Marley, you're coming up in the world, girl. You are coming up in the world. Sitting on my podcast. Huh? Anyway. The Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. 12 men enter and will fight until two remain. Then those two will move on to have a a singles match 
the week after where the winner earns a dynamite diamond ring whose purpose will have significance down the line. Not a fan. Not a fan of it. No. 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 And I had heard that there was going to be an AEW main card title. I've heard this. Okay. And this is from I just I just typed in AEW make our title from TSJ101sports.com make our title will be introduced in a can you 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 add you forgot the D on um, this is I don't know it's credible by Mr. Andrew Ong who doesn't know how to fucking spell introduced okay so this is what Cody said to IGN he had an interview with them and this was hinted by Cody. So here's what Cody said. Quote, there's a title we're considering, and it's something people can probably guess since we're going to be on TV. Hint, hint. But there are no plans for it at the moment. Right now, we revolve around the AEW Championship. And, oh. How far long ago was this? What the fuck? When was this? Oh, September fucking 8th, because I'm dumb. You know, of course, they're talking about the D, you know, DC. You know, right now we revolve around the AWD Championship and in DC. We're going to name the first ever AEW Women's Champion. It's such a beautiful belt. I don't know if people know up close the, that Rose Gold is layered into it. Brandy, Kenny, Omega, and Tony did a great job getting that title. There's going to be some guidelines laid out for whoever wins that title, though. Some guidelines about how they're supposed to take care of it. And quote. And then they go into, you know, all that shit. So let's see if we can find some better news. That one was kind of a dud. Game spot. Jesus Christ. Okay, AEW may be adding another title or prize soon. This is from November 8th. So this is more recent. Since bringing the weekly series Dynamites to TNT, All Elite Wrestling has been on a roll. Its premiere on TNT was the biggest premiere. Okay. The show's been extremely popular. Yes, we know. We watch the shit. Let me see. In addition to the Women's Championship and the Tag Team Championships, AEW may be adding a new title to its list in the future. During a media conference for the Full Gear pay-per-view, Executive Vice President of AEW, Cody Rhodes, discussed whether or not there will be a new title for the up-and-coming wrestlers. It's very possible in the next month or so, there will be a prize for, of some sorts for the guys rising through the ranks. I would never consider it a mid-card title. Let me see. Cody explained that he never considers championship, Intercontinental Championship run a, in WWE a mid-card run, and he wants every title within AEW on the same level, saying he wants to make sure Riho and the Women's Championship and SCU and the Tag Team Championships are as well respected as Jericho and the AEW World Championship. I mean... I don't know. And that and that's the thing. Here and that's the weird thing about this. You have the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. Where we'll go down to two men 
who will then fight each other for a diamond ring whose significance will be and purpose whose purpose will have significance down the line I pray to God that's not your make card championship if that's what we're referring to I mean, just, I, I, I don't really get it. I, I, understand, I don't really understand if this is, what's the actual deal with this diamond ring? Is this your mid-card? I hope it's not, I mean, I hope it's not your mid-card title. I hope it has, I, just, I hope it actually has meaning to something going bigger than your mid-card championship. I prefer belts. That, that's kind of how the thing works here. If you're doing tournaments, trophies. Why not? Trophies are cool. I like trophies. I've had a few in my life. Not bad. Who doesn't want a trophy? Especially if they've worked really hard to actually put, you know, to put work and do enough work to actually be one of the best to have a trophy. It's, it's not bad to have trophy. But, I don't know. I don't. We'll, we'll see what this Dynamite does in Battle Royale does. I'll, I'm going to watch it anyway because AEW Dynamite is fucking lit. So we'll see what that goes, and in two weeks' time, we will see what the possible significance of this dynamite diamond ring will be. And to round out what I hated about AEW Dynamite, the main event. I didn't hate the main event. Shut up. The timing. The timing. First and foremost, you, we literally had about, I'd say, a half an hour. It was a half hour before the show, end of the show, uh, end of the show. I can't talk today, I swear. And they announced the Tag Team Championships. All right, fire. All right, cool. Introductions and everything will probably get at least 20 minutes. I'm down with that. 20 minutes of gold. Dig it. Great. Yes, I'm good for it. Hmm. And then it, when it really came down to it, it ended up being like 10, maybe 15 minutes and change. And they had commercials. And Justin Roberts exclaimed that it was, it was you know, tag team title match with you know, TV, you know, instead of TV time remaining, they had 60 minutes. Don't, that, that might have been a slip. Or that's the way they wanted to do it. And the good thing was that, you know, they, I mean, if they actually, here's what I thought they would have done. Because they did announce during the match that if this match does run over, which is why they had the 60 minute time limit, that it would go straight to their YouTube page. I was personally hoping that I was really hoping that they would actually go onto YouTube. Okay, they didn't finish the match there. We need to go to YouTube right now, watch the rest of this matchup. I was hoping for that because I literally had, I had my YouTube ready. I had my YouTube ready to go. I was like, oh shit, they're really about to make this happen. And I'd be all for it because, you know, it's just extra time to watch the fresh present. And in my work and my line of work. Was I really about to say that? And what I do, 
here on this wonderful podcast that we have. A little bit of extra wrestling never really hurt anybody. Just saying. Thing was, though, and then I guess they really heard, oh, shit, we only got two minutes left and got the <laughs> and actually got the end of the match. Doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, I just thought it was really kind of weird because it was one of those matches where, again, it didn't get to that. It got the set. It got. It was starting to get into second gear, and then we had the cradle counter for the victory. I kind of would have liked to see it have continue on, and you immediately have to go on YouTube in order to get to the rest of the matchup. Like I said, I'm sure some of you who are watching this, watching this, who are watching the show. English is hard today. We're watching this episode. We're maybe, just maybe, hoping that it would go past the 10 o'clock hour and you can go and you go bam right on YouTube and immediately watch it and continue on and not skip a beat. That's the that was the hope. Really, you're, you're pushing me right now? Why are you pushing me? I, I don't understand. I'm trying to conduct a very professional podcast and you're over here pushing me. You just want to be part of the show, and I understand that, and I love you for it. But just, just chill. I'm not even gonna talk to you. No, I'm gonna talk to you. Basically, you know, I would have definitely liked to see that run over into YouTube, because then you would have gotten a bit, you know, think of the views, man. Think of you if you got like another 15 minutes out of it. What? I gotta see 15 more minutes of that on YouTube. Yes, hi. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You sit there. That's fine. See my see my dog trying to hijack the show right now. She's trying to hijack the show. This is bullshit. I get it. You want to be on, you want to be on the podcast, but you can't speak. You just want to sit on me and get and get rubbed and shit. Terrible. Molly loves to love. There you go. So, like I said, it would have been nice to see a little bit more of that matchup. I thought they would have gotten a little bit more out of it. And why are you going to announce that if the match does run over, why it's going to be on YouTube? And then just immediately, two seconds after that, match is over. I would have, I'm just saying, I would have kind of, I mean, just the timing of everything kind of screwed up a little bit. I'm sure they wanted to go a bit longer with this matchup. I really do think they really wanted to go a tad bit longer with this matchup. And... I'm just saying, for those who maybe wanted to see it, I would like to see it, you know, extend another maybe 10 minutes. Maybe that's why they did it. And I don't know. It just kind of looked weird. It was just weird to me how you would announce that and then not go to YouTube. I'm just saying. It could have definitely give you a, a, a bit more views on your stuff. Just saying. Thinking of marketing. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, there wasn't much to hate about this show. There really wasn't much to not like, but those are the three main things I really didn't like about AEW. Other than that, y'all, they did their job. They did their job. In terms of, you know, creating new storylines and new storylines, new feuds, continuing on with certain feuds that they want to continue on with. You know, introduced a new person in Wardlow, who is now part of MJF. Now, with MJF, people are thinking MJF and Jericho are in the inner circle. Let them think that, because they're, I don't know, whatever. Um, Jericho's still the champion. Cody now has to deal with Jericho and MJF, 
And now Wardlow, because Wardlow destroyed Cody, the elite are pretty much down right now. And the inmates are kind of running the asylum with the inner circle and MJF now, all this shit. It's only a matter of time that the elite are going to lick their wounds. They're going to get healthy. They're going to get back to 100%. And the elite inner circle match that we are going to get is going to be bonkers. When, if and when that, that, actually, no, it's not even if, it's a matter of when this matchup does happen. And it will happen. Eventually. Not now. Eventually, we are going to see the elite versus the inner circle, maybe with MJF involved. And this is building up to a, this is why I'm saying they're building up to something bigger than this. And that is the big thing when elite face inner circle. They've already established chapter one. Now we get to the next chapter and we're going to see what happens when, you know, you have the elite down and, you know, Jericho and his boys run the show pretty much. That's going to be the biggest thing coming. That's the biggest thing that they got coming out of this, you know, and and that's something that's a key detail of what you should be looking at. You know, and I was watching, and I got this, and I heard this from Joe Cronin and um, Jake DeMarco. And Jake was the one talking about what I just told you, which is why I thought it was a key ass detail to tell you guys. Share information. That's the thing. The elite are down. They're hurt. You know, Cody's hurting. Kenny Omega's, you know, not clear until next week. Young Bucks just got destroyed. Hangman Page just got beat up by Pac. They're down. They're hurting. It's only going to be a matter of time before, you know, the elite can heal from their wounds, come back as a unified front. Even Dustin, and think Dustin Rhodes too, come back as a unified front and go after the inner circle. And maybe a five on five, six on six, humongo tag match. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens next week and that ladies and gentlemen was your AEW Dynamite Love 8 we're going to take a very quick break and by a quick I mean y'all know what I'm talking about and we're going to get you with hit you with the closing segment as we always do in proper YLP fashion and get you prepared for episode 131 of the Young Lions Perspective we'll be right back That's going to be it for episode 130 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly appreciate it. Of course, y'all know I am up for the Newcomer of the Year Award for 2019 wrestling podcast awards and i would love for y'all to just tell a friend to tell a friend to vote for yours truly in that particular category i know you got so many other categories to go through best solo best duo best trio best comedic podcast podcast of the year but when you get to newcomer of the year you know where to go right at the bottom young lines perspective vote for me for to become the newcomer of the year the rookie of the year 
for the 2019 Wrestling Podcast Awards. Here's what I want you to do. Go to my Twitter page, at SuedeSenatorWWI. That's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital W, capital I. My pin tweet is, I have a pin tweet of the, one of the people who actually are part of the Wrestle Hub, who is, not, who is actually sponsoring the award show. Go to the link, vote for who you want, but when it gets to that Newcomer of the Year award, vote for yours truly, so we can be here as a family knowing that we got the Newcomer of the Year award for 2019. So let's make it happen. Like again, at Swiss Senator WWI, go to my pin tweet, check it all out there, vote for who you want for the 2019 Wrestling Podcast Awards, and vote for me for Newcomer of the Year. Anyways, if you have any opinions on this episode of the podcast, any opinions of what's been going on this past week with the news and all that stuff about ACH, anything you want, do not hesitate to hit me up with a voice message on anchor.fm slash Perspective. Hit me up with a voice message, and if I like it enough, I will have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective. But definitely want to hear your opinion about what happened last night with the MJF promo. I want to hear your thoughts on that for sure. Anyways... If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions perspective. Share this episode across all your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Now that we are on the road to, of course, NXT TakeOver, War Games 3, and Survivor Series, it is imperative that you stay with the Young Lions perspective and let the people know that the Young Lions perspective is your alternative for professional wrestling podcasts and that we are here to stay. Now, if you do not have the Anchor app, and that's fine, I'm not going to be mad. I promise I won't be mad, but I know you have other places to actually check out podcasts. And, uh, yeah, there's a few other platforms that you can find this podcast on. include several different platforms, to be exact, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public Pocket Cast, CastBox FM, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions Perspective across all these different platforms and you should have no problem finding it whatsoever any other platforms that come up i will be the first to tell you which ones i will be on of course if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the young lions perspective breaking news anytime i live tweet anytime i feel like talking shit whatever of course again twitter on twitter.com hit me up there follow me at Twitter senator wwi i do live tweeting for aew smackdown live all live AEW pay-per-views and every WWE live pay-per-view and of course every NXT takeover as well and the rare occasion that I'm up at one or two o'clock in the morning and I have nothing else better to do I do also live tweet on the rare occasion for NJPW as well I believe I have all my obligations out of the way checking from the judges I am good anywho so for episode 131 y'all know what's going down NXT, y'all. NXT, and I'm hearing a lot of good things out of it. Did, you know, gave myself a couple spoilers because, you know, I'm anticipating some things. And, to be, and, you know, we're just a couple of episodes away from, you know, NXT TakeOver War Games. We're literally, I think, either this weekend or next week. I think it's next weekend. Um, we actually have Survivor Series weekend. So it's a really exciting time. I'm excited to see what's going to go down tonight. I'm going to watch it tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. For episode 131 of the Young Lions Perspective. See ya!